Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining the Boca Podcast today, and I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend, Jenny Toole. Am I pr pronouncing your last name correctly there, Jenny? <laughs> yes, that's correct. So I, you got it right. Most people don't get it right on the first try, so good well, job. Awesome. We, we got it. And, um, I, and, and we're going to be actually diving into a conversation um, about a topic we've covered really only once before on the Boca Podcast, so I'm excited to get kind of a second perspective on the topic, which is in regards to associate photographers, uh, how to go about the process of uh, what we talked about before was hiring associate photographers, but I'm curious to dive into your workflow with your associate photographers today. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but I like to start our, our podcast off with what I'm now calling the aha moment. Um, and I'd like to get your your perspective on an experience or maybe a series of experiences that you had in your business um, that became kind of an aha moment, a light bulb moment, if you will, that helped catapult your business forward? So that for me was about four years ago. Four years ago, I was a, um, a photographer shooting everything. I shot family sessions, portrait sessions, newborn sessions. I mean, anything that you could think of, I was shooting. I even shot a few school portrait sessions for some local schools in the area. I was overwhelmed. I was busy. I was charging less than what I should have been charging. And I knew something had to change. Um, I had talked to many different mentors of mine and just kind of tried to figure out a game plan where, what direction I wanted my business to go in. I knew I needed to specialize in like a certain type of subject of photography. I went back and forth. Do I want to be a family photographer or maybe I could be a newborn photographer or, you know, do I want to shoot weddings? And it kind of took me several months of just trying to figure out the direction I wanted my business to go in. And with that, I decided I wanted to specialize in shooting weddings. Um, up to this point, I had not shot very many weddings, to be honest. Um, but I knew that weddings were something I enjoyed shooting. And it was just kind of something that um, I knew for me, that's just where the, I wanted my business to go. So I decided I'm going to completely do a website overhaul. I'm going to redesign my website. I'm going to everything I post on social media is going to be geared towards shooting weddings. That was scary for me because I had up, you know, previously I had shot a handful, five to six weddings, and I had I, I couldn't consider myself a wedding photographer even because I wasn't shooting weddings full time. Um, but I knew that's kind of the direction I went. So I made a goal um, to shoot 12 weddings that year. And I said, you know, that to me was huge. I hadn't shot 12 weddings in the entire time I had been a photographer. Wow. And so I, um, I said, I'm going to shoot 12 weddings this year. And I, I worked, I worked it. I, you know, I did everything I could to kind of get my name out there. Um, in the wedding industry, I met wedding vendors and met with, um, you know, different wedding venues and shot styled shoots and, blogged weddings and blogged wedding tips. And that year I shot 13 weddings was my first year kind of exclusively shooting weddings. And I feel like that was kind of my, the pivotal moment in my business that I look back and say, um, you know, this is kind of what um, brought me to where I'm at even now is just kind of making that decision um, to go exclusively shooting into weddings. Wow. So there are so many different talking points here that I, I want to dive into. There's, there's one for sure. And that I'm curious about, and that is how did you ultimately decide 
or, or know that wedding photography was the thing? Do you have some kind of overarching goals for your business that coincide with the, the decision to focus on weddings? Um, sure. Kind of, um, you know, I, I had a certain goal. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do this, um, partially full-time, you know, I wanted to make a full-time income, but I didn't want to like shooting family sessions. I had to shoot a session every single day of the week to make a decent amount of income. And I did not want to be away from my family every single night of the week, every single weekend. So with weddings, you shoot on the weekend. Um, and now, now I'm very full-time working and during the week, but it's a lot from home. I'm, you know, doing meetings. Um, it's not as hands-on as if I was shooting a session, um, I guess. And so that was my number one reason. Um, honestly, that's kind of selfish, (laughs) but that's for me, it's kind of just the timing of everything is why I wanted to shoot exclusively weddings. I also loved, um, I love shooting, um, couples and I love shooting. I feel like with weddings, you get to shoot details and couples and love, and you kind of get a little bit of everything when you shoot a wedding. Whereas, um, you know, with family sessions, it's just, it's just a family or, you know, it's a newborn, but with weddings, you kind of get to capture everyone. And you, you still have that aspect of, you know, shooting families and children, you know, at the wedding, but it's just kind of, um, for me, that's why I, I did it. And, you know, most of the reason was selfish. It was an income thing is I felt like I could make a lot more income shooting weddings than shooting, you know, 10 family sessions. So, well, I would just call that logical though. I mean, wh- why would you <laughs> want to create more work for yourself than necessary? And, and this is a really important point that you made in the process, miss out on time with your family. Uh, so to, to make a move, a logical move based on your values, which is certainly one of those values are obviously to, to, give focused energy and time to your family. Um, you're married, you have uh, three girls, correct? Correct. Yes, I have three girls. Yeah. So just a beautiful family to be paying it, paying some attention to. The last thing that you need is a business model that that keeps you from being able to give them that time. So I think it's a really logical move and a smart, smart move and, and really a great example for all of us listening in that, hey, if you want something, and in this case, it's time with your family and you want to be able to make a certain amount of income within that time. In fact, this goes along right along with a concept that I've discussed before, which is the notion of a big picture view. And that big picture view, kind of the overarching long-term goal or set of goals is based on two things, the amount of money that you want to make and then the amount of time that you want to spend in a week in order to make that money. And, and you've done just that. You've, you've created a business model that supports that bigger picture view. Part of that bigger picture view for you is being able to spend time with your family. And I think it's a beautiful example and a, a really great reminder for all of our listeners. Something else you mentioned too is, is your website. And I have to say, um, I, this is one of the more impressive websites that I've, that I've seen in a while. I, I, I love clean, simple, kind of minimalist design. And your website is absolutely gorgeous. It's easy to navigate. It's easy to look at. Um, the, the imagery certainly is beautiful. Uh, really, really well done. Was that something you designed yourself or did you have somebody do that for you? Yes. Yeah, so actually, um, I have my degrees in graphic design. So um, I don't do a lot of design now, but it's something I still enjoy. Um, and so I started with just kind of my websites through show. I just switched my website actually. So I'm glad you didn't, I hope you didn't see my old website cause it needed some love. Um, but I switched my website and moved it over with show it. And, um, I just started with one of their basic templates that they had and just kind of made it my own. Yeah. Um, and show it's so easy to use. Um, and so you can just kind of drag and drop things to, um, to move them around the way you like it. And so I have my website hosted through them now and it just makes it super easy to, to customize. Well, the last thing that I would have thought was this is based on a template. I mean, it, it really is beautiful. We'll make sure to, to connect or link to show it in the show notes. 
Um, I'm actually, I'll have a chance to, to see Todd Watson, who's the CEO of Show It, tomorrow. We're doing an open house event in Atlanta with, with Show cool. It and Kiss and uh, I think maybe Iris. So I'm going to get a chance to see him tomorrow, but we'll make sure to launch or, or uh, link to Show It in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate you starting us out with this this really great aha moment. I think there was already a variety of information in, in that um, that is going to be helpful for our listeners. Now, I want to take a step back and, and get to know you a little bit personally myself and, of course, let our listeners do the same. Um, we talked about the fact that you're married and you have three girls. Tell us a little bit about family life and, and what you guys like to do with free time. Sure. So me and my husband, Andrew, we've been married for nine years this December. And um, we have three girls, like we said, Ashlyn, Kaylin, and Lauren. Ashlyn is seven and Kaylin is four and Lauren is 11 months. So um, yes, there is never a dull moment at our house. They are so much fun, but there is drama, drama, drama. (laughs) And um, but we love it. And so my husband is actually involved full time in um, church ministry. He is a um, school principal at a Christian school. Um, And so we are very involved in our church. We volunteer a lot of our time to our church. And then, um, you know, when we're not um, busy and when I'm not working a wedding or photographing something and we're not at church, we love just to hang out with the um, our family. Our favorite place to be at is home, honestly. We love to um, grill out or order pizza. Um, everything revolves around food for us. Um, maybe that's part, maybe because I'm from the South, but um, okay. everything we do revolves around food. We love getting takeout or um, just going to a few of our favorite restaurants. And then um, my girls, are we enjoy watching Netflix. Their favorite show is America's Got Talent, actually, and um, it's not in season right now. It just finished, but um, so they always have a show they want to perform for us. That's kind of what they're in right now is um, performing their shows. So they sing and dance, and um, they do some crazy things, but it's just fun. (laughs) It's fun being a mom, and um, we have a fun time. Our favorite thing to do in the summer is to go swimming. We have a pool, and so um, we could hang out by the pool for hours. That's our favorite favorite time. That's lovely. That's going to be incredible, especially you're you're based in Mobile, Alabama. Is that correct? Yes, I'm in Mobile. So it is hot the majority of the time. Actually, this week is our first little bit of cooler weather. And uh, I don't know what it is right now. It's probably 65. So it's nice here, but it's hot and humid 90% of the time here. Oh, yeah. That pool's got to be a relief. Now, the question, though, the really important question here is, do you and your husband put on shows for the girls? Do you do you display your talents in singing and dancing and so forth? Um, definitely not. No. <laughs> no, we are the judges. So they perform and we judge their shows. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, I, I'm curious. You talk about that free time with your kids, with your husband. Are there certain things that, that you do very proactively in your business to create some of that free time, whether it's a, a tool that you use or a particular technique and approach to creating time for yourself? There's a lot of things actually. And, um, that is one of the things I have really tried to focus on this year is trying to figure out things that I can do to make my life easier in my business, make it simpler, um, things that I can let someone else do. So, um, one of the things practically I do is I do work, um, maybe one, one to two nights a week. I feel like I work late at night. Um, to me, that is my most productive time is the kids are sleeping. My, I'm not getting phone calls. My email notifications aren't going off like crazy. And I just have two to three to four hours of time at night once the kids have gone to bed. And that's huge for me. I feel like in busy season, I, I need to do that a few more times than I probably do. Um, but then also lately I've been trying to figure out things that I can outsource. Um, I do outsource my editing occasionally through photographers edit. Um, they're amazing. And then I um, have other things I outsource my blogging for, for me personally, this was hard for me to let go of certain things in my business because I'm a control freak, but I knew I couldn't do it all. And I can't, I can't manage a successful business and do everything. And 
then the larger it gets and the more associates I have and the more weddings I book, the busier I am. So one of those things I let go of is my blogging. I do not enjoy writing. I don't enjoy the grammar and any of that. I just, I just, it was one of those things I dreaded in my business. So I outsource my blogging and I also outsource some of my social media management. And so little things that like that, that I can let go of has really helped me, especially two years ago, I was just doing everything. And I just was like, I'm going to get burnt out if I don't let go of some For of these sure. things. So um, that has really helped to free up some time. And then like yesterday, we went to my parents live in Mississippi. So it's just an hour away from here and they have horses and chickens and live on a farm. Oh, and how fun. It's just so fun. But in order to, you know, spend the day over in Mississippi, I knew that I needed to work some in the evening. And so that's kind of, you know, if I take a day off during the day, I usually catch up and work some late at night. So for me, that's what works. And I haven't always been a night person, but I feel like the older my kids get, the more I value work, working later in the evening. Sure. Well, and you know, I, I think that speaks to the, the wonderful flexibility that we can have as business owners. I, I used to, I mean, I've been, of course, a proponent of this idea of uh, being proactive and making time for ourselves as business, business owners, working intelligently, creating a little bit of structure in our business that to ultimately help us work efficiently and have more free time. And, um, and I've been talking about this for years. I think earlier on, though, I was I was why well, I know that I was much more kind of rigid in my thought process and that there needs to be a set time each day that you get work done in and then it's set aside and you go focus on friends, family, et cetera. And I think the wonderful reality of being a business owner, is the flexibility in that we can create a different schedule. I mean, each day if we need to, I think the key is being proactive in it and you're realizing, hey, you know what, I can work in the evenings late a couple of nights a week and be really, really productive in let's say two or three hours instead of spreading that out over you know six hours during the day while I'm also simultaneously taking care of my kids and it's just not as efficient. I think that's very proactive of you still and you're taking advantage of that flexibility that you have as a business owner. So that's a really wonderful, wonderful example. And when you talk about outsourcing blogging, I'm curious, did you did you come up with a way to be able to communicate your your voice to the person who's doing that blogging work for you? I did. And I've tried, I tried a couple methods and I had tried a couple and even with my social media. And I feel like it's just finding the right person or the right company to work for you. Um, I use a company for my blogging called organic blogging. And so the way, the way that we do it and the um, relationship that we have is she has, um, she wanted me to send her a lot of information about me personally and, um, you know, about my family and about just different things about me and my business, how long I've been in business. So we kind of got to know each other on a personal level first. And then after that, like with every wedding or engagement session that I have, I send to them to be blogged, I send them information about it. So like, I want to tell them like what I loved about the session or the wedding or what made it unique. I'm just not good at putting those into words and making it sound good. You know, I'm just, so to me, like I'm giving them all the information about the wedding and what I loved about it and how we connected with the clients and stuff like that. But they are kind of putting it into words and making it sound good. And then also they're optimizing my blog post for search engine optimization. So in their mind, whenever they're writing a post for me, not only are they making all the, these words that I'm giving them sound good, they're also helping it with my search engine optimization. So that's been really huge for me. Wow, that's that's really wonderful. And, and I would assume then that handing this over to a professional means that not every one of your blog posts sounds alike. Because I know, and I'm, I've been guilty of this too, it's easy to, to create kind of the same grouping of text. You know, I'm so excited to photograph yes. so-and-so's wedding and their day was absolutely perfect. And, you know, you just use kind of the same phraseology um, over and over and over again because many, if not most of us, are not, as you say, writers naturally. Um, so being able to hand that over to somebody else who's a professional at it, who this is what they do, 
um, still give them some context and a, a bit of information about the voice that you're going for. I think that's a that's a great combo. And then add in SEO, which you know at this point in time, I mean, Facebook as far as easy access for our clients to imagery, uh, examples of the most recent session that we photographed or the most recent wedding that we photographed. Facebook makes a lot of sense because it just falls into their feed, hopefully, um, yeah. assuming the algorithm doesn't get in the way. But blogging, one of the, the biggest benefits to blogging still is the SEO benefit. And so to have somebody to also manage that is is really great. Now, you mentioned that the company's name is Organic Blogging. Is that right? Yes, that's the company's name. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. We'll make sure to link to them then in the show notes. Now, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into photography in the first place and then ultimately land on wedding uh, photography specifically? Well, seven years ago, I, um, I started, um, my, my first daughter was born and I was working um, a graphic design job. Um, it's just, I knew when she was born that I didn't want to work a nine to five job every day. And I just wanted to, um, I wanted to stay home with her as much as I could. Um, I had always loved the idea of photography. I had never, I, n I didn't know really anything about it, to be honest with you. Um, so my husband bought me a DSLR. It was, I mean, I think it was a Canon Rebel. So nothing fancy. And I just started taking pictures for fun. I started taking pictures of my daughter and my friends and just different people that we knew. And it just kind of turned in from a hobby to then people were asking me to take their photos. I will tell you though, like starting a business, I had no clue about photography. I had no background in photography. I had no background in starting a business or so it, it didn't just, you know, some, I hear some people that are like, I decided I was going to be a photographer and you know, it just, it was a success from right away. And that wasn't that way for me. It took me several years of trial and error. I feel like the first three years in business were just a learning, learning curve for me. And, um, you know, I would, I feel like Photoshop was really Lightroom. I don't even know. It was just not Lightroom. Wasn't it really much of a, we didn't use it very much back then. I didn't anyways. And so Photoshop was really big and actions were big. So I would find a new action and I would be change my style based off of this action. And, um, you know, I just didn't really have a style. I didn't define, I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know anything about paying taxes or business licenses. So all of that was just, I mean, I, it, I was just very new. I did not have a mentor at that time. I didn't have anybody that I knew ha that had had a successful photography business. Um, so it just was a lot of trial and error. So um, I would say it was, t it took me about three years just to kind of get my feet off the ground um, before I started making a decent income. You know, I felt like, and I never imagined photography being a full-time income. I kind of thought, you know, if I make a couple hundred dollars here and there, that's awesome. Um, you know, it's just, that was kind of my goal in it. And then it kind of went from there to, um, being more full-time, which I love and I'm so thankful for. That's really, that's fascinating. Okay. So th this is a story I think that is commonplace, at least in, in many cases. And in fact, it was my experience as well that we get into photography as a result of an interest, um, or in this case, more specifically, an interest in, in your daughter and being able to photograph her. And then people start to see your work and, and you have opportunity to photograph this person and that, and it kind of builds from there. Um, kind of a snowball effect, if you will. And I experienced something quite similar. Um, and, and the Canon Rebel seems to be the, the common denominator <laughs> in, in a number of these stories, which is which is really great. Um, are you still shooting Canon? Um, yes, I still shoot Canon. So I shoot with the Mark IV right now. And then um, my second shooter shoots with the Mark III. So I've upgraded a little since the Canon Rebel. I love Canon, though, and I um, I have always enjoyed shooting. That's all I've ever shot with. But every time I, whenever, I remember whenever I sold my first Canon Rebel, and I always sold my camera to buy something new. And I've, I have got, been through probably, I can't, I don't even know, seven or eight cameras over the years. But yeah, I love Canon. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually had the chance to shoot on the Mark IV this past weekend. 
um, for the first time. And, and, uh, so it was kind of fun to, to play with new gear. I, I mean, if, if I'm to be honest and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but really the, one of the biggest driving factors for me getting into photography back in, this was in 2000, I guess, 2001, um, was the gear itself. You know, I, I had this inexpensive film SLR and, uh, could, could take decent pictures with it, but man, it was so much, it was a Minolta STSI was the model. But, but then somehow I think I got, maybe got my hands on a, on a Nikon F100, tried it at a, a local store or something like that. And it was so quick and so responsive and it just felt good in the hand. And I was so excited at the possibility of being able to spend, I don't know, whatever it was, a thousand or $1,500 at the time mm-hmm. on this camera body, which was just an exorbitant amount of money at the time, um, with, with the little bit of income that I was making. Uh, but, but that was part of what was exciting. So I totally get the excitement about gear. Um, yeah. I, I asked you how you landed on wedding photography, and you ultimately kind of explained that process earlier. But how long have you been in business at this point then officially? Well, um, so when my daughter was born seven years ago, I just started shooting for fun. And then about a year after that, I'm like, I'm going to create a Facebook business page. You know, you ha- to be a business owner, you have to have a Facebook page, right? That's- that makes you official, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you official. So I started my Facebook page and I started my website. My website was just very basic. Um, and then so and then I got my business license that, you know, so about six years ago, I guess, is kind of when I officially started my business. It's kind of embarrassing to even say, though, that I've been in business six years, because if you were to look at my work from six years ago, it's extremely humbling because I I don't know everything now. And I feel like my pictures still need improving, but I have definitely come a long way in six years. <laughs> well, it is, it's kind of fun and even laughable at times to look back at our old work and, and see where we've come from and even see, I mean, you mentioned the Photoshop actions at, at, that you were using then. Um, it's fun to see uh, to even the actions or the Lightroom presets that we were using at the time. I, I still, and I think I've told this, this story before, but uh, th- I, there was a time when there was a, a Lomo. Lomo was as an effect. Of course, you can buy a Lomo film camera now that creates this uh, highly vignetted image. Um, that was kind of popular. And so that was built into an action or, or an effect that you can put on images. And then uh, cross-processing for a short amount of time uh, was uh, also a popular effect to apply to digital images. And so we created this engagement album um, to be shown to potential clients when they come into the office. And, um, and, and that was sitting there probably within, and we'd, we'd use this cross process effect and maybe the Lomo effect as well, you know, really, really dark vignette around the, the subjects. And I don't know, maybe within a year already, those images looked really, really dated because we jumped from one fad to, to the next. And, um, so it's kind of funny to look back at some of that stuff, but I think to your point about, um, there being room for improvement in your photography. I mean, that, that would be the case, I think, for all of us in some form or fashion. It's great that you have that kind of self-awareness, but I think it also points to uh, the significance that I focus on business and not just the art side, the artistic side, is really, really important in order to, to make a business happen. You've been in business longer than, than the average person uh, by being in business for about six years, and that doesn't just you know, happen naturally or out of the blue. There's been an, an obvious proactive effort in developing a business and the photography is important, but at the end of the day, there's got to be a, a nice balance in there with a focus on business as well. You've made that work for yourself. And there's a particular part of that business model that I'm curious to explore today. And that is your model of, of offering associate photography. Um, currently you have two associate photographers. Is that right? I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how did you decide to even go this route of taking on associate photographers? What was the motivation there? Well, um, 
Okay. So I was, um, once I started shooting weddings, my wedding business just kind of took off. And I, um, I, every time I got busy, I raised my prices. Um, but I was still getting, I was still getting tons of inquiries and it was to the point where I was turning clients away and I, I hate turning clients, clients away. That's just like giving your business away. What do you think was driving that business? I mean, this isn't the case for every photographer that gets into to photography that the business is just, you know, unstoppable. They, they're just getting so much business. They don't know what to do with. Um, you know, I here in Mobile is a really tight knit community. Okay. I did one wedding, this really tight Catholic community. I did one Catholic wedding and that wedding, uh, it was just, I mean that I feel like it kickstarted my wedding business within this tight community. It's hard to kind of get into that tight knit community here in Mobile. Um, but once I did, and then also my website, I feel like I've always had good or at least decent search engine optimization. Um, at the time before I had really gotten into a lot of weddings, my website was still ranking really high in Google. And so 90% of my inquiries came from my website. Wow. Um, and so it's always kind of been that way here recently has just shifted to where I'm getting a ton of word of mouth um, referrals, but for a while it was a hundred percent my website. And so, and, and I've always blogged, I've always blogged my weddings and shared them on social media. And so that's been a big help too. Um, but before I had a lot of that word of mouth referrals, it was really just coming from my website. Wow. Okay. So, so you're getting all this business as a result of wonderful SEO and the connections that you've made in, in your local community. And it, did that lead to a certain amount of overwhelm that you thought, man, I have to bring on these associate photographers to, to manage this workload? Yes. So I, um, I knew I needed to do something. I mean, I was turning away probably anywhere from like 15, 15 clients a year, um, just because I was already booked. And I'm like, there has to be a way that I can still service these clients without just saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm booked. Here's my, here's the people I recommend. So I, um, actually a couple of friends of mine, um, they're not photographers anymore. They were a husband and wife photography team and they had associate photographers. And I'm like, I think that could work for me. I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I created a blog post that I was looking for an associate photographer. And I had so much response from that. I had Tons of people say they would be interested in being an associate photographer. Um, a little overwhelming, actually. And were all of these people photographers already, or no, just okay? No, that's that's the scary part. <laughs> um, is some of them were like, I have, you know, I have a cell phone. I love photography. You know, just teach me, and I, I will, I can do whatever. Here's some pictures I've taken with my cell phone, and you know, it just took a while to filter through those. Um, but Elizabeth, my first associate, um, she actually, I did her cousin's wedding. She's been a photographer even longer than I have, and but she's never done weddings. So she shot portraits and family sessions, and she shot, um, she does a lot of commercial work. And so technically, like her skills are amazing. Like she's, she went to school for photography. So when it comes to technically shooting, she is, I mean, she knows everything about the technical side of photography. She runs her business great too. And so she messaged me and was like, you know, I, I've never thought about shooting weddings. I thought it was something I never would want to do. And she's like, but I just have a feeling. I just, I just need to reach out to you. Something's just telling me to reach out to you. And I knew when she messaged me, I'm like, Elizabeth is my girl. I just knew like, I'm like, I just knew we would connect well together. We have similar personalities. And so we talked about it and Elizabeth wanted to, and it was, I think it was huge for us because before she ever booked her first wedding, she came with me to I don't remember the exact number, but six to seven weddings, she came with me just and followed along to see how I shot. Because especially when hiring an associate, I want them to have 
the same style that I have. I want them to handle their clients the same way that I handled mine. And, um, so that was huge. She came with me and, um, you know, I have a second shooter that comes with me to every wedding, but she came as a third and she shot pictures. She took pictures, but she also just kind of observed and kind of saw how I did things and how I ran my normal wedding day. Um, and so after she felt comfortable and I felt comfortable with her shooting on her own, you know, I, I took some of the pictures that she had shot with us and used those as, you know, kind of an example, created her a little gallery on my site. And so the first time I got an inquiry and I was booked, I, I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not available, but I have a new associate. She's just starting out shooting weddings for me. Um, here's her pricing, her gallery and the rest is history. She's been, she's booked pretty steadily ever since she's been with me. And now she actually even shoots weddings for her own business because she loves weddings so much. But I think the key is just finding someone that works well with you um, and that is similar to you. And um, so that's kind of how I got started with hiring. My first associate was just out of necessity of, I wouldn't even say it was necessity. It was just me wanting to expand and find a way to work with these clients that I would kept turning away. Well, and I love that you had Elizabeth come along with you on the wedding too, and and not just one or two, but you're, I think you said six weddings. I mean, the fact that she was there and spent that much time with you, first of all, you guys are getting comfortable with each other, which is wonderful for a working relationship, but then she has a true feeling for how you work with your clients, how you approach photographing a wedding, and then she can ultimately reflect that in the work that she does for you. I think that's really great. And then you ultimately brought on a second photographer as, as well, correct? Yeah. So Brianna, she is my sister-in-law actually. And whenever I started exclusively shooting weddings, um, four years ago, she started, I trained her to take a shoot with me. And so, um, she has never been a photographer for herself. She doesn't work for her own business, which that's, um, I think it has pros and cons. I think it's awesome because the only thing she knows about photography is what I've taught her. She literally shoots the same exact way I do. Last Saturday we were at a wedding and I was like, what's your settings, Brianna? And like literally the exact same settings that I had. And so it's just fun because we work, she shoots exactly the way I do. And so she's been working as a second shooter for the last several years and she's phenomenal. She has a great creative eye and she never imagined like wanting to be a photographer. She's an accountant. And so, um, she went to school for accounting and is getting her CPA. Um, but she's learned to love it. And so she started shooting with me and, um, now me and Elizabeth are both staying pretty booked. And I honestly, um, would like to book a little bit less weddings, um, maybe at a higher price point, um, and not work quite as much. Um, right now I have shooting about 28 to 30 weddings a year. Um, I I would love to shoot 20 to 20, 22, 23, somewhere around there, I think would be a good number for me. Um, but so I, um, again, I'm, it's just gotten to where a point where I'm just still turning clients away. Even, you know, I'm booked, Elizabeth's booked. So, um, you know, I feel like I just wanted to have another option. And Brianna honestly wanted to take a step farther in the business. She, um, started earlier this year shooting portraits for me. So she started out just shooting portrait sessions. It's funny because even though my website is geared towards weddings, I still get random inquiries for family sessions and portrait sessions. So she's done portrait sessions for me, but after talking with her, she's kind of wanting to get out and start shooting weddings on her own too. So she's already done two weddings. And so she's this year already booked two more and we have a couple more that um, I think she'll book as well. So I'm excited for her to join us as an associate. Oh, this is really awesome. And and how, how cool that somebody who, and I saw this on the website that she's uh, has a master's degree in accounting that, that she's found this creative outlet and is able to offer something to the business. And then the fact again, that she reflects your shooting style so well is, is incredible. Now I'm really curious to dive more specifically into the workflow that you established with your associate photographers. So can you kind of walk us through how the responsibilities are divided in the business? 
Sure. So most of the time, whenever I have a Whenever I book an associate wedding, it's typically because I'm already booked. Occasionally, it will be because I have a bride that can't quite afford my packages. So then I'll tell her about my associate packages. Most of the time, though, it's something because I'm already booked. So I get an inquiry on my website. And if I'm already booked, then I will email them. I have a response that I email them explaining kind of how my associate plan works. And so once I get that email, I kind of gauge to see their interest and then we communicate and if they're interested then I see you know what can I do to set up a meeting with my associate I feel it's really important for my associate to do those meetings just because they're going to be the one photographing their wedding I want the bride to get to know them so they will take care of if they're interested in setting up a meeting then I will send my associate their contact info and she will contact them to schedule a consultation. So my associate does the consultation, whether it be, sometimes we get some out of state brides. And so we don't do all in-person consultations. Sometimes it's a phone call, but regardless, she will be the one that does that. And so once she sets up that initial consultation, um, 90% of the time they will book after we do a consultation with them. Um, then I will take care of sending them their booking pros proposal, um, and their, um, contract and all of that information to go through my system that I use. I use Sprout Studio um, for all of that. And so I send them a booking proposal. And then once they book, depending on if they book add on an engagement session or not, um, my associate would then contact them to schedule their engagement session. But I take care of all of the invoicing, the orders, the reminders, I send them their questionnaires, anything like that, um, I take care of. And then my associate does um, build a timeline because she, especially Elizabeth was, has been the one, you know, my main associate for the last few years. And so, um, you know, she likes to build the timeline because she's going to be the one sticking to, <laughs> sticking to the timeline. <laughs> right. um, so after I send my, after I send the clients their questionnaire, then she'll take that questionnaire and kind of build a timeline off of it. And then she shoots the wedding. After she shoots the wedding, we, Elizabeth actually does all of her culling herself because she likes to cull. Um, and it works out good because then she'll Dropbox all of the cold images to me. Um, and so with, with Dropbox, it is, we both have super high speed internet, but it, it's really nice not to have to Dropbox all of the files over that we're not going to even edit. Oh, absolutely. And I, I trust her culling. And so I um, just let her cull her own weddings. With Brianna, I actually, she gives me the memory cards and I cull her weddings. So it's just kind of, both of them are a little different. So then um, Elizabeth culls hers and then Dropboxes the files to me. And then I take care of all of the editing and the processing of the files. And then I send the gallery to the client. And then I take care of, you know, sending the vendors, the gallery. And then I also, most of our packages include an album. So I take care of the album design and then anything else from there on after would be kind of done through me. So if they want to order prints or if they want to do, you know, anything unique, then that's kind of done through me. So my associate just kind of takes care of the shooting and then the dealing with the, the things that fit work with them directly on the wedding day, like the timeline and consultations and stuff like that. So how did you decide then how to break these responsibilities down? Was it a priority to you to make sure that you're the one doing the primary interaction with the client outside of the wedding day or what, what was the motivation behind this workflow? Yes, I definitely wanted it to be done through through me, um, you know, just because I wanted them to still have a connect with the Jenny Tool name or business, you know. Um, and so I felt like it was important for me to still have contact with them. Um, but at the same time, I wanted them to know that, you know, I'm not going to be the one shooting. So I want them to really get to know the associate. So I try to find ways that 
um, could connect them um, with both of us, you know, and that's kind of, honestly, I feel like that's something I need to work on is even being more connected with my associate clients um, because my associate photographers are awesome at connecting with them. But, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect because most of the time I don't even meet them. I've never met them. And so I'm just kind of the one behind the computer, sending them emails and, you know, editing their photos. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I feel like I could do actually better in improving on how I can get to know them better. But that's kind of how it worked. It was, it was a little bit of trial and error. I had not, you know, there's not a lot of photographers that have associate plans that I found. So I've kind of researched as much as I could and kind of figured out, you know, what the photographers that do, how do they do it and how do they do it successfully? And, you know, then we just kind of tried, you know, tried it a few ways. You know, we did it a, a few different ways at first. Um, but this is kind of, you know, what's worked best for us so far. Do you have a kind of a percentage breakdown of the number of weddings that you're photographing versus the number that your associates are photographing? And are you looking to move kind of in the direction of having your associates handle more of the photography than you? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, there's not an exact percentage per se. I do, you know, this last year between me and Elizabeth and Brianna, Brianna didn't shoot a whole lot of weddings. She only shot the two this year. Um, but we're going to be close to, I want to say like 40, 45 weddings. So, um, I, and I shot about 30 of them. Um, I can't remember. I'm really bad with numbers. I can't ever remember things off the top of my head, but, um, I, I do not personally want to shoot that much and I never have, but every year I do, I do. I have a hard time saying no. And so every year I raise my prices thinking that I'll book less and I end up kind of booking about the same. Um, so having the associates really helps. Like whenever I had my um, youngest daughter, I was able to take four to five month leave because, you know, I, I'm not shooting, but at the same time I still have my associates and I'm still getting a pretty good steady income because I have my associate plan set in place. So it allows me the freedom to do that. And so that's one of the things I love about it. I I do have the flexibility, you know, and you know, we're going on vacation in November, one of the busiest months of the year, but I feel like I can, I can do that because I have, you know, I'm not completely losing out on all income in November, you know? So it's been really nice to be able to have that flexibility. And I definitely, I would love to see my business even expand more as far as the associates and just um, have them even shoot more. Elizabeth is a very busy photographer for her own company. And now that she's shooting weddings, she stays pretty busy with both. So she works for me and she works for herself. So the more she you know, shoots for herself, the less she'll be able to shoot for me, which she loves shooting for me. I think she'll, I think me and Elizabeth will always work together because we have such a good work relationship. And so that's kind of one of the reasons I brought Brianna on too, is, you know, she'll take up some of the, um, the weddings where if Elizabeth is booked for me or even for her own business, then that would go to Brianna. So that's kind of how it's worked for us so far. That's well, and, and it, it sounds like just a beautiful, uh, chemistry that you all have together, and um, and I, again, the the proactivity in creating a workflow that both reflects your style and your brand accurately, uh, but then also enables you to be able to hand this work off to these associate photographers, uh, to Brianna, to Brianna, and to Elizabeth. Both, um, this is a really wonderful example for those listening in who are kind of curious about what this process might look like and uh, might want to kind of stick their feet in the water and, and, and attempt this for their own business. So I really appreciate you making time to share this with our listeners. And I'd love if you don't mind to just share with our listeners where they can find you online, kind of follow some of the work that you're doing, see your website. Again, it's a beautiful example of, of just a, a really wonderful website all around on all levels. And, um, and then also follow you on Instagram as well. Sure. So my website is jennytool.com. My name is spelled weird. It's J-E-N-N-I-E. And then my last name is Tool, T-E-W-E-L-L. And then I also am on Facebook, Jenny Tool Photography. And then on Instagram, my um, user is just Jen Tool. So that's where I'm at online. 
That's perfect. And you know, just before we close out, I did have one question about Sprout. You mentioned using Sprout Studio. Um, it, how did you go about deciding on that particular tool and, and maybe kind of give us a rough idea of the workflow that you have established there? Oh, goodness. Okay. So I am like obsessed with finding like the perfect client management system just because it helps keep me organized. And I have tried every single thing out there, to be honest with you. I have done every trial I have. And I don't know that the perfect client management system is out there um, (laughs) for me, but Sprout Studio is the closest thing that I have found. And I love Sprout because they handle, I don't know if you've heard of them or seen much of their stuff, but they do everything. So they handle my client galleries are hosted through them. I can do album proofing through them, my invoicing and my mileage and pretty much literally everything that I can think of that I need to manage with my clients is hosted through Sprout Studio. So I love it because for a while I was using multiple different companies to do, to do everything. And so when I found Sprout, um, it's really awesome because they kind of handle everything. And I love having um, it has a client portal, and since everything's hosted through Sprout, everything, you know, their galleries linked to their client portal, their album proof is linked to their client portal, their engagement sessions linked to their client portal, their questionnaires, um, everything that is associated with that client, That's you know, amazing. their billing and invoicing. So it's really, it's really been awesome for me. I switched to them who probably close to 18 months ago, and um, I love, I love them and highly recommend them. I've, like I said, I've tried everything, and there's many great softwares out there. But I just like the fact that they kind of did did it all. So that's why. Yeah, and that can be tough to find, especially done well. Uh, But to have everything in one place, to have it consolidated is so helpful. When we talk about the idea of creating an efficient business model, um, one of the things that that I've talked about many times over the years is the idea of minimizing moving parts. You want to minimize the number of, I mean, everything, that the amount of camera gear that you use, the software, the number of Lightroom presets or Photoshop actions, and certainly the pieces of software that you have to use to keep up with your business. So we'll make sure to, to link to uh, Sprout Studio in the show notes as well so our listeners can check that out. Does it tie into QuickBooks or does it have its own bookkeeping system as well? It doesn't tie in it. That's one of the drawbacks, honestly, is on the accounting side of it. It does have their own little system. It keeps track of expenses and income. And so everything, like it takes Stripe processing and um, it actually just integrated with PayPal too, I believe. But it's, so all the invoicing is done through them. So it keeps track of all my income, but it doesn't connect to QuickBooks. And I think that's something that they want to do in the future. And I think would be a huge asset is if they did connect to QuickBooks, just because I feel like on the accounting side of things, it's missing a few pieces. That's my only, the only thing I would say about it is I wish it had a little bit more on the accounting side, but it does enough for me that um, for now it works and I do keep up with, you know, all of my income and expenses through Sprout, but I have an, an accountant. Um, actually, Brianna is my accountant that that's um, awesome. with my accounting as well. So it kind of, um, you know, that plays into part. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, I, again, Jenny, I can't thank you enough for making time to, to share all of this with our listeners. And this is certainly a, a good jump start, a head start into the idea of bringing on associate photographers and then what that workflow looks like. It's one thing to find somebody that you fit really well with, but then what does that actually look like on a practical level? And you certainly um, did a wonderful job of sharing that with us today. So I can't thank you enough. We'll make sure to link to your um, to your social media as well as to your website in the show notes, along with all the other information that we discussed. And uh, once again, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast. Thank you so much, Nathan. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. 
The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>